listening to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric. Kansas City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen. And I'm Jen Justice. And today we have with us Clay County Sheriff Will Aiken. Sheriff, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me here. And so some of you might be wondering, why in the world do you have a sheriff right on a real estate podcast? What did Jen do now? Well, that's right, right. Uh, yeah, so he led Jen in in cuffs. No. <laughs> no, um, no, no, no. Work, re- work release. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, snap. So there's a couple of topics we want to talk about that really relate to real estate or home ownership in particular. We want to talk, and I'm sure you do this a lot, right? We want to talk about home safety, what does and doesn't work, what are some good things to do, particularly like when you first move into a home, uh, but then just in general, if you're concerned about safety and security. Uh, we'll spend just a brief about a time, I think, talking a little bit about uh, law enforcement in general and crime in general and how it affects home values. And then uh, maybe uh, a couple of right non-real estate questions that I really am curious about. Eric's just about, got a burning question about, for, about, about uh, how, how, how sheriff departments and police departments interact. So uh, let, let's get let's get right into it. Um, so uh, I you have to be asked this a million times, right? So number one or top three or whatever it is, home safety tips, home security tips. What do you have for us? Definitely lock your doors. Lock your doors. Make sure all your windows are secured. Uh, make sure your your vehicles doors are locked. And know your neighbors. Do do people not lock their doors? They do, unfortunately, and that's one of the uh, main causes of burglaries and uh, thefts from vehicles. So so the vehicles, I sort of understand now. I, let me tell you, I'm going to give you that whole the layperson where I think I know something. And so feel free to slap me around intellectually and go, you don't know what you're talking about. But, but I think I would probably speak for, like, everyone when they'd go, well, the vehicles make sense because there's always kids out ransacking cars, and they just go from car to car to find the one that's unlocked so they're not setting off an alarm or something. Is that what it is, or is it is it is it a more seasoned criminal that's still looking for the easy road? Are uh, you talking about thefts from vehicles? Yeah. It's, oh, it's no. It's, you know, it's something that's just easy. If you don't lock your doors, it's, it's somebody's just going to pull the door handle. And it's going to open up. It takes not even a minute to go through your things, your glove compartment, your center console. And it's just a, a crime of opportunity. You know, a lot of people leave their wallets in the uh, in their vehicles, firearms, purses, computers. And, you know, when you can gain access to a car and take all of that within, you know, 30, 45 seconds under a minute, then they're they're gone. Sure. Um, is it? Is it then a, a, a bolder action to go check somebody's front door? Well, think about it. Uh, think about it like this. It, during the daytime, because a lot of people think that uh, burglaries happen at night. And they don't. Quite the opposite, because we're home at night. During the daytime, where's, where are most people at? Right, working. They're working. Yeah, so if you don't leave your door unlocked. Out showing uh, homes, of course. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so it just it becomes easy. And that's why I said that number three is know who your neighbors are. Know your neighbors. Have them look out for your best interest and do the the same for them. Look out for their best interest. That's why I love those neighborhood pages is 
everybody's got a ring doorbell now, right? And so when somebody does find the shop door that somebody left unlocked, they've got the people that are cleaning out their shop on the ring doorbell. And everybody else in the neighborhood can watch for that particular individual because, I don't know, Will, correct me if I'm wrong, but sometimes they come back. A lot of times they come back because if it was easy the first time, it's probably going to be easy the second time. But with those ring doorbells, it's not so easy anymore because now, because of the clarity, we know who they are uh, within a couple of hours. And I tell you, um, if you end up on video on social media and your face is clear as day... Whoever you pissed off in the last, oh, I don't know, three, four, five weeks, they're going (laughs) to say, hey, that's (laughs) so-and-so. And And it happens all the time. So so that works because I see that on social media. Um, You know, here's a picture of the person who stole my $1,000 yard implement or, you know, keyed my truck or whatever it is. And so that stuff works. It does. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, I, I look at them. I never know anybody. I guess I, I well, I don't I mean. Well, that would be an interesting question. How much? Because rings have been around, what, five years-ish? Is that? A little longer, roughly. I think. I think a little bit They've been really yeah. popular in the last five years. So for the homeowner, how does that ring change your ability um, in, and, in crimes or in burglaries? And how by the does way, that change just, it? Uh, before you answer, we're not promoting a brand. There's several oh, different yeah. yes. doorbells. Some kind yes. of video doorbell right. video system. Doorbell. Sorry. Now, I apologize. System. So now maybe ask the question again and answer it because I've interrupted everybody's train of thought. Um, so the the ability to video record these front doors, how has that changed like burglaries and residential security in terms of that for you guys? So I believe that bur- burglaries are always going to happen. Oh, yeah. uh, I think what has changed the, dy- the, the uh, dynamic that has changed is that these uh, brands that allow you to video, video record your property and sometimes inside? It's uh, they have a community themselves. You know, uh, Ring, for example, has a Ring community, and so if someone has been hit with a burglary or a theft from vehicle, they can share that with everyone else. And and really they can say, hey, did anyone else experience this? And next thing you know, you've got 14, 15 people going, oh my gosh, my car was went through. Uh, Do you you know, know, does their software recognize and tell you that? Uh, no. Okay. There's no I facial like, recognition no. on it. Not that I know of. Creepy, but good. But, you know, it's funny because I think maybe, and you probably have some more, but let's transition into, because like I, for example, have one of those, but then I also have video cameras um, on the perimeter of the house as well. So how much, uh, how important is that? How good is that? And then how, how much has that changed this whole dynamic? I think it's changed a lot because not everyone can afford a ring doorbell or or another device that does the same thing. Uh, not everyone can afford cameras on their on their homes. Not everyone can afford alarm systems. However, the, something that we've been saying for decades is just because you don't have it, you can put a, an ADT or a Brinks or some other alarm system sign in your front yard. You can say, uh, for example, beware of dog in the house. You know, because people don't want those. Those are deterrents. Right. But the the house next door may not have that. And that's why, you know, for the person who does have those capabilities, the, the likelihood reduces. Right. So, But the neighborhood, you know, if they don't have that, then sure. it just opens it up. Well, if, if, if these are crimes of convenience um, and then making yourself less convenient, I mean— it really is. I know there's that element of I don't have to outrun the bear. I have to outrun you. But <laughs> but ultimately, I mean, it, it, it's smart. And and though to that end, um, 
I've got four exterior cameras and a recording system and all that. And just so you know, I spent like $600 on it. Now, I realize that not everybody has $600 to throw away, but this is not thousands upon thousands of dollars. I agree. It's more affordable than it's ever been yeah. to try and get that piece of security. And and our, our listeners know about me. I do mounted shooting and all the things. So ours says we don't fire a warning shot. <laughs> There's always a, an element of liability too. Yeah, my favorite. Yeah, yeah, I know. My favorite sign when it comes, I'm aware. comes to, to to gun ownership. My favorite sign was "No trespassing, survivors will be prosecuted." That's my favorite sign. True I've that. Seen that one. So no, but to Jen's point, I mean these these items are more affordable than they have ever been, uh, and, and that's that's awesome. You know, it's it makes it easier for everyone to do it. Uh, it maybe takes a little bit of prioritization in, you know, okay, now we're going to get a, a ring device or, a, you know, a Nest or whatever the other ones are. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, those I think are the two big ones. I have Alarm.com. Uh, okay. It's something hooked into. To your alarm um, system. Yep, yeah. to, my, to my security system. So, yeah. So let's. Um, so we kind of, we kind of, we kind of took away your your drive and went off into the video market. So lock your doors. Seems pretty simple, you know. And that's funny because my wife is fanatical about like she will like we'll go to bed and she go like, you know, so and so was over tonight. Did we lock the front door? And then she'll go up and check it. So mine is shut the garage doors because we live in the country and so and and for people residentially too, like that's an easy check before you go to bed, right? How many times do you guys get those calls? Like. Oops. Yeah, so we don't necessarily get calls that garage doors are open, but when we drive around, when we're patrolling, we will literally stop at a house at 2 o'clock in the morning and knock on the door and say, hey, your garage door was left open. You know, and that happens nightly. I know. Wow. I know. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? All right, so so what's next after locking your doors, which now makes a lot better sense, particularly during the day when you're gone? Yeah, you know— um, Really, it's know your neighbors. And I, I've got a story for you, and I think there's a, a question toward the end, so I'm going to save it uh, about the right. craziest thing I've ever heard of yeah. and, and responded to. But uh, I'll save that. But know your neighbors, you know, because your neighbors are the ones who are going to give you a phone call or a text message saying, hey, your garage doors is open. You know, but when, when we talk about keeping your doors or locking your doors before you go to bed or before you leave the house, you also have to understand the the neighborhoods that you live in. It's going to be different in the urban area versus the suburban area versus the rural area. When you're when you're living in the rural area and your next door neighbor is two miles away, you really need to know who your neighbors are because when that car pulls into your driveway and if your neighbors don't know whose car that is, they should be calling 911 because that's the easiest. And typically, people who live in the rural area can afford a lot more. And it's not people in the neighborhood. It's not people in your neighborhood. We're finding more and more that it's people from other areas, other cities who are coming up because it's crimes of opportunity, especially if you're near a highway. It's an easy access point, And they do what they're going to do, and then they leave and they go back home. Well, and somebody sits down the road. I know that happens in our neighborhood as well. We even watch on the side streets, and we have a little um, thing called the— um, neighborhood gun club or whatever it's called and so everybody's on there yeah we're in the country that's what happens we hunt we fish we have guns yada 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 anyway so if you see a car that's stalled out sitting on the side of the road who are they waiting for because that's, that's that happens question. a lot in, in around Christmas time is people will start putting up on their cameras on the social media page because people are checking for packages. And so then once it becomes and people right. start paying attention or things get down the road, and it takes a little while, though, because we'll see, like you said, the same person two or three days in a row. 
So yeah. and packages are gone. You know what's funny is, and I've got a great story for that because it's not just rural, right? So I live in, I guess, what we call suburban, and um, I live near a high school. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and and so uh, out of the blue, one day there's a car parked in front of my house with a lady just sitting in it. And I thought, do I go talk to her? Do I find out what's ever? And I thought, you know, I, I sometimes, particularly in my business, right, as a realtor, I, I can be pulled off to the side of the road all the time, right, in between appointments, trying to do something like uh, hitting my computer on the hotspot or whatever. And I've had people come and knock and ask, and I'm cool with that. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm a realtor. This is what I'm doing. I'll be out of your neighborhood in a minute. But I thought, ah, I'll just, I'm not going to worry about it. I mean, she doesn't look threatening, which is probably dumb. That's probably me being um, naive, uh, <laughs> naive Eric over there, right? Or, or even like uh, having bad, you know. My good uh, friend Bobby got her finger bit by a female, just well, to let you know, saying, prob- and a double homicide suspect. So watch out for those ladies. Yeah, no, it's probably me being what, what uh, some kind of uh, a sexist or some kind. I don't know, but anyway. <laughs> So the next day, there she is at the, about the same time. And, um, and so I, like, I pulled up my camera because I was in front of my computers that afternoon. And I watched and I watched. And then what happened was um, a student right, walked down because we're not too far from the high school. Avoiding the pickup line. Avoiding the yep. pickup line. And so, so – Will's got high schoolers. He's actually got college graduates now. So, so she's out there virtually every day now for whatever reason she started picking up uh, her daughter. And uh, then – there was another car and another car. So now we have two or three cars every day at 2.35 or whatever time it is that the school gets out. But be aware of things like that yeah. because that's, yeah. yeah. I so mean, it's not always nefarious, but you should be aware and be willing to figure out what's going on. So You know, and you really want to ask yourself, okay, do I want to go out there and confront this person? Mm-hmm. And just to find out, I mean, because today in today's day and age, you just don't know. You don't know if they're up to no good or they're there to pick up their child from high school, avoiding the pickup line. Lines, right? right. That's what. Yeah, that's what's but going what, on. But what what do we do? Right? Do yeah. we just continue to watch? Do we continue to wonder? I would say, if you feel like someone needs to check on that person, call your local law enforcement agency. We may not be able to get there in time while they're still there, but what we ask is for people to be the best witness possible. Get the description of the car, the description of the person who's in it, maybe a license plate if you can. Right. And just help us out, you know, so that way if somebody else calls in and it matches that description, then we'll know, oh, hey, you know what? We need to go check this out and make it a higher priority because otherwise it's just someone waiting in their car. It's a realtor. Well, <laughs> right. It's a, it's a realtor in between appointments. Well, and and that's a good point, right? Not not everybody um, – I, we've got to we've got, we've got to be really careful because Jen and I come down slightly on the other sides of, of we don't not on gun ownership we're in the same place but guns and and protection uh, but but you don't want to create an incident if it is somebody who's doing something nefarious that that creates some violence so you, you right particularly towards you don't so, be an accidental Jen I thought the person that robbed the Gladstone jewelry store was in Smithville and I took a picture and they caught me. Yeah, and, it, and, and they caught. They, <laughs> he was not nice to me. Let's just say that. Right. And if a, it was and not if, him, and if a person is Dude, not no. being nice to you and decides to be violent, then you've got. I a got lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Got out of there. But he was not nice. All right, so so Don't know your neighbors, caught. and 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 I'm lucky enough to be in this great community uh, where we all talk and we, we tell each other when we're going out of town. At least the house is close and all that kind of stuff. So they so that's really awesome. But not everybody has that, and it, it's smart to foster it. Number one, to just makes living in the space better 
Take them a welcome basket, and, and, right? Yeah, well, if you think absolutely. about it, you know, garage doors, why are they open? A lot of times, I mean, more now than ever, people will drive home, they'll hit their automatic button, garage door goes up, they pull in, they park, they pull it down, and you never see them anymore. Right. So, I mean, it's really hard. In some neighborhoods, they're just like, I, I just don't want to know who my neighbors are. I don't interact with people. Yeah, yeah it's really... Uh, Wow, I just I can't believe it. It's amazing. Well, I got to be careful because I could easily be one of those persons. So. No, you still talk to your neighbors more than that. And I think, Will, you and I by nature are a little bit more social. You may be technically an introvert, but you make yourself be an extrovert. I'm totally an extrovert. I want to talk to everybody. Eric, we hadn't noticed, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? I get my energy from being around people, so I'm the same way. <laughs> <laughs> but Eric could come in and game, and I could see that. But you still do make an effort to attend the HOA meetings and do things like that. Yeah, so. and, but I guess the point is, is that. I'm 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 somewhat of an introvert, which is most people don't believe because I can be very uh, gregarious and exuberant. Um, but but uh, for those serious introverts out there, um, that uh, you do, I do, I make an effort, and I because it doesn't come naturally to me. And then I've done, I've made an effort for so many years; it's starting to come natural. But you have to make that effort, and it really, I think it makes living in any neighborhood better. Now you could find a neighbor that you don't like. But that's okay. You'll probably find a neighbor you but do. But you know what? That person would probably not let your house get cleaned out. Most Even likely. if you don't like each other, you're probably not going to let your neighbor's house get cleaned out. You're going to shoot a text to them or call 911. So I think the message to our listeners is if you do move into a new house or if you haven't met your neighbors, this is your opportunity to do so. I'm picturing, And it's safe-ish now. <laughs> I'm picturing that neighborhood busybody that nobody really likes that yells at you when your dog barks and that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking <laughs> that person is going to have a joy of waking you up at two o'clock in the morning telling you your garage, your garage door's garage open. Door. I've been watching your garage door for four hours, but I waited until two o'clock in the morning to make sure, you know, I'm in. Anyway. Or what if it's that person who calls 911 and it prevents your entire house from getting yeah, robbed? Absolutely. Or, or you getting robbed in your, your Look house? Look at the positive. That's yeah. right, Will. Yeah. So, uh, so we've got know your neighbors. We've got lock your doors. These seem pretty simple. What else do we, what else, uh, what tell, like, what's the, do security systems work? I mean, are, are they worthwhile? Oh, absolutely. You know, one thing that's uh, somebody who's trying to do something bad, okay, they don't like noise. And so security uh-huh. systems, you pop a window open or a door and that alarm goes off, it brings attention. Because people are going to step outside and go, hey, what's that loud noise? And, you know, people who are tr- up to no good, they don't like being uh, being seen. They don't like the attention. So no, security systems are... that have sirens attached to them oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, are, yeah. are much better than silent alarm kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's the same concept of when you're walking in a parking lot from uh, a big box store or something like that, and you see someone who's walking up to you, you don't know what their intentions are, especially for the ladies, um, or h- actually anyone. I mean, really, because if you walk, if you're walking and you think you're going to be attacked or something like that, you hit the panic button on your car. And once that alarm system goes off or whatever, that person's going to be like, Oh, they're going to look around. People are going to be looking at them and they're going to want to, they're going they're away go quickly. Away. Probably. Yeah. By the way, speaking of sexism, I'm a little offensed here. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sexy walking through a parking lot. That's, that's all I have to say. So, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> in all fairness there, you know, okay. For me, I know what I'm capable of because of military and law enforcement for the last 20 years, but there are a lot of people who think they're capable of doing something and they've never been in a fight. So I have to remind <laughs> myself that it's not just women who, who are walking through the parking lot. It can be anyone mm-hmm. because what happens when there's a group, of people who are trying to stake out a car or their next victim. It could be three, four people. The group would be the problem. Yeah, Yeah, one-on-one, I'm going to do okay. A group, I better start (laughs) screaming. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's the other thing. I mean, it, it, it's so interesting to me because you would think criminals are, are brash and they're brave and whatever, but the, the God's honest truth is they're cowards, right? So any challenge usually wards off, whether it's the noise from your house or the noise from your car or the simple fact that you tried to defend yourself. You've got a better chance. Yeah, because when they come up to you, they're looking for a victim. They're not looking for somebody who's taking action and changing the course of their action. And so they, they don't want anything to do with it. And typically, they will run away. Well, so, I mean, having done some research um, and, and participated in a handful of things back in the day a thousand years ago, I, I do know this, right? And it's exactly what you're saying. It's the whole convenience group. Is is this car door open? Victims frequently uh, are ones who are not confident, right? So if you have confident and you, you know, if you're if you're a gen and, and they're looking for a target, She's not a, a. You probably better move on. She's not a convenient one. No. Right, because you know she and but somebody who looks intimidated and unsure and everything. So sometimes faking it till you make it is a real thing, right? You know, I, I think the uh, the availability of mobile devices in our hands. You know, it, when you talk about confidence, that means keeping your chin up, scanning the area, making sure that you know your your um, surroundings, situational awareness. Sure. But typically when we're walking, we're looking at our, our mobile devices and then we kind of slouch and then it just you don't look as confident anymore. So, so when you're walking... Don't have your phone in your yeah, hand. <laughs> yeah, and and you know what? These are these are really important tips. And and you know, I'm I'm six foot three, and I'm a big guy, and so I'm not like horribly muscular, but still big enough where most people are like, yeah, no, no thanks. So I'll go to something easier. Um, so I don't really can you know have to worry about it or think about it as much as as a lot of other people. So I think it's it's really fantastic advice. Let let's shift a little bit because we've talked about like some of the easy and important things to do. So 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 simple to sort of help keep your home secure. I want to talk kind of on a broad picture a little bit about law enforcement and crime and how it affects um, uh, home values and home ownership. And, and collectively, I know we all kind of went out and we looked at, we, we kind of pulled some studies up and everything. And so um, it's really interesting. And I didn't realize this. Uh, maybe you can speak to it or Jen, maybe you can. But um the studies show that, you know, there's really kind of two f general categories of crime. So there's like property crime and there's um, um, uh, violent crime. Mm -hmm. And it's the violent crime that affects home values, not property. Now, it doesn't surprise me that violent crime affects home values, but it really surprises me that as a general rule, property crimes don't. So I don't, I don't know. Can... That, that's what the studies seem to indicate anyway. Maybe, Sheriff, your experience, uh, and I don't know that you're keeping an eye on property values, but between you and Jen, maybe we can figure out, does, do we think that's accurate? I think it can be accurate, and the reason for it is because property can be replaced. We cannot. So, you know, in some of these studies, it talks about homicides. You know, if you start having homicide after homicide after homicide, homeowners are going to go, ooh, yeah, this is not a good place to live. I'm out. And they leave. But when you get something taken from your front porch or your backyard or from even from your car, yeah, we're victimized. We feel vulnerable. But at the same time, that stuff can be replaced. And so we just chalk it up as, um, okay, uh, I didn't take the appropriate actions, but heaven forbid anybody else comes back to my home because now I have the ring. Now I have cameras and I've talked with all my neighbors and we're going to catch that guy. Right. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's a great point. I think people are probably more fearful when you talk about, especially homicide. So when we're talking about losing a life or a violent crime or a rape or however that gets categorized, that is something that's very traumatizing, whereas you're, having your wallet stolen is inconvenient. So that's, it's super inconvenient. Super, and if they bust your door down, that's going to be super inconvenient. But I'm not going to, and I'm sure there are people that are traumatized over that, so I don't oh, want to take away from that. Yeah. But I would categorize the level of traumatization of a rape or a homicide at a much higher sure. level sure. At, than opposed to somebody busted in my door. And I've had my car broken into before. It was when I was younger. It was a terrible feeling. I was young. I was still a teenager, actually, and I wanted to move back home so bad because I felt so unsafe and everything else. And my dad's like, nope, sorry, you moved out. Suck it up. But that feeling was awful. Like I didn't sleep for a couple of days. You know, there was all of this whole thing. I had to process through it and wor worrying about if they were going to come back and come in my house because they got a nice expensive speaker system out of my car. So worrying about things like that was um, inconvenient, obviously, and, and, you know, didn't feel good, but much different level than anything else that could have happened. And something that we can't forget is vicarious trauma. So if it happens to one person, yeah, that one person's going to have to deal with it. But the vicarious piece, everyone who knows that it happened to that one person, now they're thinking sure. about themselves and their property. So it, it has a, a cascading effect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, having known, um, um, you know, having friends that have been victims of sexual assault, um, it, it is, and it impacts me as well as them. And even though, you know, I'm not a, a family member or the, the, you know, the significant other, this is a friend, you know, friends of mine, it's happened a couple of times and that's pretty, a pretty big deal. And it does, it makes me examine a lot of things. So there is all of that going well, on. Well, and I think the other thing that we haven't talked about is the media aspect of that. So the media aspect of a violent crime getting picked up or a homicide or a rape is a much higher level than somebody's house that got burglarized or even even a strong-armed robbery. Sometimes those don't even make the news anymore. But homicides typically make the news, right? So, so many more people hear about well, them. And, and it's that piece that you just talked about. Somebody knows that knows that knows. And we know about that, but we didn't know about the property crime. So, and so. That, that affects perception of a particular area. Exactly right. So that's where values come in. Really interesting. So there's been there's, there's a thousand studies done over this all over the world. And so it was really interesting to kind of kind of go through those. But when you talk about that perception, so there's some kind of some geeky things in here. Uh, but Eric loves the intellect. Yeah, there's there's like a there's a. Uh, all right, I'm I'm about to try to explain standard deviation. So uh, <laughs> oh, I, I've got to slow down hey, here Eric, a little you, bit. You know, don't I, hurt yourself. No, I'm just playing. I, I'm also Doctor Will Aiken, right? Oh, I did not <laughs> yeah, know that. So standard oh, yeah. deviation, I know all about. Oh, really? I, I didn't know, know that. about it. I mean, I'm I knew you flew Blackhawks. I didn't know that you were a doctor. What's your PA? Uh, anyway, uh, so so if you take the, they they show that if you take a, a single a single standard deviation, a standard deviation of one, and what that really means is you take the mean, which is kind of like average for those of you who don't know what a mean is. So you take the average and you go up just like one point. So it's a very small increase of what the average is. And you do that in terms of perception of um, uh, how an area is associated with crime, and they see a significant increase in the valuation of those uh, residential districts. So even just a teeny amount of that perception of, hey, this place is safer. Um, and then the other one I'll just point out, because you had mentioned, you'd mentioned the homicides thing, and um, uh, the... the uh, one of the big things that was found in terms of the violent crimes and how it affected property, the property values would fluctuate. 
But what really fluctuated significantly was the amount of real estate activity in the area. So people probably aren't selling, aren't moving, aren't buying. So there's a lot less transactions in areas that have or are perceived to have much higher violent crime. So uh, when we look at the broad picture, and I realize there's a lot of social implications to this statement, but when we start talking about uh, police funding and the effectiveness of police to stop crime and a thousand topics we could probably dissect um, and, and get a lot of people mad at us on both sides of the, of the arguments. The reality is, is that effective policing does, in fact, uh, assist in property values and assist in the ability to sell your home. So, you you know, that's just a reality that's out there, right? So Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I'll add to that is <clears throat> we are all in this together. You know, law enforcement, because of, of the dynamics over the last few years, uh, not a whole lot of people want to be in law enforcement anymore. And when you attack budgets, then it causes a further strain on the capabilities of that law enforcement agency within that jurisdiction. But if we work together with our communities and those who are you know, saying, this will never happen to me again, and the communities come together, having Facebook pages that bring everyone together, you may not like your neighbor, but at the same time, we have to work together. And I think that will have a, a direct impact on the crime levels that happen within our jurisdictions, within our communities. So I can't stress enough, we have to work together. Yeah, no, and, 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 and I know... Um, having spent some time with you and, of course, you and Jen and know each other, and we're all up here in the North End, uh, my experience with law enforcement has always been positive. Uh, I get that I have a certain amount of privilege being, you know, um, white and middle class, but nonetheless, um, uh, I, I've never uh, – so I, I think that's the best way to go is if you can create positive relationships. I mean – if you look past the uniform and you look past the weapon, you're just a man, right? And I know how to talk to people, so, you know. I At mean, the end of the day, I go home, I take all this off, and I'm a member of the community, too. That's right. I mean, you know, you put your pants on one leg at a time, just like the rest of us. So, Except for Jen, who probably jumps into hers. It just poofs and it gets on. No, I just, you jump in. It's like this acrobatic thing where both legs going at once. When I put on the holsters and the guns, though, i got to fasten them up, too. They don't just poof. So... so. That's only for mounted shooting, y'all. Okay, so we're 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 running. I got so many things I'd love to talk about, but we're running out of time. I do want to ask one question. That has nothing to do with housing whatsoever, because it's always mystified me. Because I'm born and raised here in Kansas City, and I don't understand how. Um, uh, what is the jurisdiction of a? <laughs> I was teasing earlier. Like so, when I'm cruising down the street, when I'm cruising down. Uh, um, uh, we'll keep it in Clay County. So I'm cruising down North Oak, right? I know when a Kansas City, Missouri police officer comes by me, I better not be speeding, right? He might not be traffic, Eric. I know, but I'm just <laughs> saying, right? And and so the question is, is like, well, I'm in the Kansas City city limits, but now one of your deputies comes by. So how does that work? How do you guys work when you have multiple? You have multiple cities inside of your jurisdiction. Yeah, so if you're traveling down North Oak, you're going to see Kansas City Police Department, you're going to see Gladstone, uh, maybe uh, Village of the Oaks or Oakview, and the Clay County Sheriff's Office. So the difference between the Sheriff's Office and those municipalities is the, the, the police officers have to work within their cities. They can't leave the city limits. Now, that we can because we all work together. 
Um, there's mutual aid. If something happens and we need more people there, then we'll call and uh, we'll ask for help. Right. But they have they're restricted to the limits of their of their city limits. Right. Well, the sheriff's office, we have ultimate jurisdiction over the entire county. And so we can travel anywhere we want as long as we are still within the county. But state statute also allows us to go outside of our county. But then again, we also work with our adjacent county sheriffs to be able to help, you know, do things. Um, sure. Yeah. So, so that, that that mutual aid concept, right? Yeah, it's, mutual aid. Yeah. You know, but uh, Clay County's 410 square miles has roughly 235 uh, residents. 235,000. But you know, like Kansas city has 90 square miles of their city within Clay County and has, has about a hundred, roughly a hundred thousand people. And then we've got Gladstone, Liberty, Kearney, Smithville, uh, Excelsior Springs. So even though we have so many cities, they're responsible for their jurisdiction. We can help anytime. Uh, we can help each other out anytime. But you probably spend more of your time patrolling the areas that don't have a municipality in it. Yes, yes we like you in the rural areas, please. <laughs> yeah, so out of 235,000 people, the sheriff's office, we are responsible for the unincorporated area, which has about 18 to 20,000 residents. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, but, but you can, but the answer is, don't speed next to the deputy sheriff. <laughs> right. On Any North of Oak. them can anyway. write you a ticket if they are so inclined. Yeah. I will say that. Any of them could do it. And when we do it, it goes to the state. Uh, when a city does it, it goes by ordinance. So we only write state uh, state statutes. So that, you really got to screw up. I say that doesn't sound good. Right? Nope. I'm just saying. More I'm expensive not. is what so. that says. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, so we are. We're nearing the end, and you had saved, because we had asked you, like we always ask, you know, it's it's like, what's the craziest thing you've seen or done in, in real estate, and in your case, maybe responded to in some kind of residential home situation. So uh, you, you were holding the story. I can't oh, wait. Yes, and I tell you, I still can't believe it to this day. I was a young officer with the Phoenix Police Department, and I got a call for service saying that their house was stolen. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing Their right now. Their house was stolen. My house okay. was stolen. Well, and so this was this was a few years ago, right? So because um, I immediately went to uh, like is it uh, a modular the home? Tiny what home happened? Or right. that kind of stuff. But these weren't really popular at this point. Uh, no, in fact, this was probably about a twenty five hundred square foot house. And how did the house get stolen? Yeah. So I get there, and I, of course I see the house, and I'm like, all right. So I make contact with the callers, the people who live there. And uh, they're it just, I mean, they were victimized. And I, I asked, what happened? They're like, they stole our house. I'm like, well, I see your house. Like, can you explain? And they go, come in. Everything in their house was gone. When I say know your neighbors, I'm not just talking about the ones that are left and right of you. Know the ones who are across the street and behind you. What we found out by talking with the residents is somebody pulled up with a U-Haul truck offloaded everything from their house and left. Who oh. did they make mad? Because that's a serious That's like a that's like a movie scene. When I was talking with the neighbors, they were like, "Oh, we just thought they were moving." And I asked, "You didn't know them?" And they're like, "Oh, no, they never came out and talked." Oh my goodness. <laughs> I carry that with me today just thinking, "Oh my gosh, everything? they stole everything." I mean, in that the house. that really like like that's like That had to this... take a while. It was uh we estimated about 3 hours. Well, that was a, that was fast. If it was a twenty five hundred square foot house, man, that, they had an organized system. That's not good. Well, if you think about <laughs> that, though, right? If you've got moving truck in your house, moving stuff out for three hours, and nobody, nobody says anything, says anything, and you yeah. don't know anyone. Yeah, that that's wow. A, yeah, wow. 
Absolutely. Ooh, did they get any of the stuff back, Will, or do you know? Oh, not that I know of. You know, you, over there, when when you did your report, it goes to the detectives, and then you rarely ever hear. That what was Phoenix, afterwards. you said. Yeah, that's a huge department, probably. Even then, it was probably yeah, big. I think at the time it was like thirty-two hundred officers. Wow. Oh my gosh! And just out of curiosity, because this will be interesting to you, how many do you have in Clay County? <laughs> we have at the sheriff's office roughly two hundred thirty-five employees. Yeah, compare that to what he just said. Phoenix 3, has 3,200. Yeah. And I, who knows how many they have now? Oh, no, it's actually less than that now. I think there are <gasps> probably around 26, 2,700 officers. Going back to the, the comment that I made about no, not a whole lot of people want to be cops yeah. anymore. I yeah. mean, I understand that. And and uh, we it's, may have shared on this podcast, my husband's a police officer. He's been right. in the business of policing 32 years, if you want to call it a business, I guess. or been a law enforcement officer. And they're, they're short-staffed, too. And it's hard and you know we don't have enough recruits in the academy and you guys have a similar issue i mean but it goes back to working together and that this still is an honorable profession and we really appreciate our law enforcement officers it's it's really hard to be a law enforcement officer right now so yeah i agree and so uh sheriff i want to thank you for coming on the podcast oh uh, it's a pleasure I, thank you i appreciate uh what you do i appreciate what the vast majority of every law enforcement officer is which is quality community policing. I know there's a few bad ones out there, but there's a few bad real estate agents too. It happens in a every few, industry. Mm, a few bad real estate agents? Mm. Yeah, maybe more than a few. We have, just to let you know, Will, we have 14,000 agents in the area and the National Association of Realtors just hit 1.5 million members. Yeah. Oh my we have gosh. a lot of realtors, yes, good so and we, bad. We have roughly 850,000 law enforcement professionals in our country. Wow. Including all of them. Ugh. State, local, Second clue, the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> yep, he's yeah, clean all up. of them. Oh wow. <laughs> well, I for one appreciate what you do. Um, do you want to give any contact info, or yeah. maybe you can recruit some people here? There you go. Uh, you know, if anybody wants to reach out to us, uh, our website is uh, let's see, sheriffclayco.com. Sheriffclayco.com. Yep, and, right. and when you look up Sheriff, uh, Clay County Sheriff on Google or any other search engine, make sure it's in Missouri and not Florida. Yeah, you'll get to Clay County in Florida. So I did that. So there you go. All right, everybody, another great podcast. We're completed. Uh, until next time. You have been listening to Get Real KC with Eric Jurgensen and Jen Justice. For more information or to contact our hosts, visit us at dreamhomesbygen.com, where you can find more episodes exploring real estate as it matters to you.